Hey, Abby, are you ready to play a game? Yep. All right, so I'm going to give you three quotes from the same movie, and you have to try to guess what movie I'll be talking about in today's episode. Sound good? Sure. Okay, quote number one, my fears and secrets. I'm afraid I killed my mother. Any idea? You want, num- you want number two? Yeah. Okay, number two. Dad-, <laughs> Dad, I don't want to upset you, but my left breast is developing at a significantly faster rate than my right. It can only mean one thing, cancer. I'm dying. Is it my girl? It is my girl. She did it in two. The last one is, of course, where's his glasses? He can't see without his glasses. Congratulations, Abby. You did it in two. Thank you for playing. Of course. Welcome back to A Bit of Fun with Emily. It's me, your host, Emily. I am glad you're here. So this is season two where we're talking about 80s and 90s kids movies we grew up loving and sometimes fearing. And sometimes they broke our heart and make us cry even as a grown woman and you just kind of, you can't breathe and it hurts. Of course, of course I'm talking about my girl. This is the last one on the list that should make you cry, I think. Yes, I don't think any other once made me cry. Uh, And it did, of course, make my top 10 list a most heartbreaking when I was talking to my brother and sister-in-law at the beginning of the 90s section. So if this is one that makes you cry, I'm going to do my best to skip over some of those parts. But if I do just randomly start to cry in this episode, please forgive me. Just kind of, we're just going to laugh it off together. We'll laugh it off together. But before we dive into our spoiler-filled summary of the movie, of course, we have to get to the lazy internet research. All right, so My Girl had a budget of $17 million, but it made over $59 million at the box office worldwide. Probably because of this next point, Macaulay Culkin, he was paid $1 million for the role. His price skyrocketed following Home Alone. The movie's marketing campaign used the slogan, Mac is back. So I'm assuming that's why people were going. They loved the Home Alone kid, and they're like, hey, he's in this other movie. And of course, it doesn't turn out well for him, uh, but we're, just, we're going to keep moving. We're going to keep moving. So Culkin and Chlumsky, who plays Veda Sultanfuss, were... Anna Chlumsky, I believe, were each other's first on-screen kisses. Fifteen takes were needed. You kind of wonder. Uh, the willow tree is fake. So as a big part of the movie, the Veda and um, Thomas J, they run into the woods a lot. They play in the woods, and there's this lake or pond or whatever it is. Um, and next to it is this giant willow. And they have a lot of like very vulnerable conversations within this tree. It apparently was fake. They put metal extensions and fake willow leaves and branches on an oak tree instead. I wonder why they wanted it to be a willow tree specifically. I mean, I'm partial to willow trees. I love them, especially the way the branches do fall into the lake. Oh, I love that. For the scene that caused the scene that always rips out my heart, you know, I just... I'm delicate. I decided I can't mention it before we get into the summary. But you know what scene I'm talking about if you've seen the movie. Culkin had pollen on all of his fingers so the bees would follow him and then the bee wrangler would shovel beads towards him this seems very dangerous i wonder how they got away with this and then the second the director yelled cut colkin would run to the water to wash off the pollen that that would that happen today that seems like endangering a child i don't know Columbia Pictures hired child psychologists to tell the public it was okay to bring kids to the theater. And I argue that this is not a good time for kids, uh, that if this was marketed as a kid's movie, it's a hard one. 
probably having a lot of conversations parents were after the movie that they weren't prepared to have. So the Sultanfuss Funeral Home became a bed and breakfast in Bartow, Florida. That's kind of fun. I don't believe it is any longer, but that'd be kind of cool to go and stay at the My Girl house. I mean, yeah, it was a funeral parlor. That might be a little weird, but the film's original title was Born Jaundiced. Uh, which the producers understandably elected to change. To do that, they offered a $500 incentive to whichever Imagine Entertainment employee could come up with the best alternative. As a lot of the film is set in a funeral parlor, a lot of the suggestions were along the lines of like morning glory or in lieu of flowers and dearly departed. Other alternatives just included Veda, which is the name of Anna Chlumsky's lead character, which was rejected on the grounds that it sounded like a South African uprising. I don't really know what that means. And I am woman. Uh, ultimately, it was the film's producer, Brian Grazer, who came up with the title, My Girl. And he presumably pocketed the $500 reward himself. Huh. Bill Murray and Steve Martin were also considered for the role of Harry Sultanfuss, who is played by Dan Aykroyd, Veda's dad. Both were busy doing other movies. Bill Murray was working on What About Bob, which is a pretty funny movie, came out in 1991. And then, of course, Steve Martin was working on Father of the Bride that also came out in 1991. At the time, they couldn't commit to the role, so Dan got it. I I like how they kind of kept it in the SNL family a little bit there. And in the scene just before the poetry class begins. So again, in the movie, Veda is in love with her English teacher. She finds out that he is teaching a poetry class for the summer. Turns out it is an adult poetry class, but all of the adults are real laid back and cool and have a hippie-ish vibe, and they invite her in and say, hey, no, no, this is great. The class is, in one scene, sitting in a circle on the floor when Mr. Bixler announces that Rhonda and Justin, two of the adults in the class, will conduct a meditation. The camera flashes for a second to a woman who says, that's really cool. And that woman is Nancy Chlumsky, Anna Chlumsky's real-life mother. So that's kind of fun that they fit her in the movie. And that's all I've got for uh, lazy internet research. There were some fun tidbits in there. Next time you're watching, look at the willow tree and see if it actually looks like a willow tree. I'm going to have to go back and watch, see some of these. I do my lazy internet research after the fact, which is real bad. I should do it before so that I can notice. But maybe that'll take me out of the movie. I don't know. I'm getting off track. Who's ready for the spoiler-filled walkthrough of the movie? All right, so we're going to start with exposition and conflict. There's no getting around the word precocious when you're talking about kids' movies. If the kid isn't mischievous or spirited or, I don't know, maybe a little weird, what is the point? So we get about, we get another precocious kid, Beta Sultanfuss and My Girl. Weird name, weird kid. A hypochondriac that lives in a funeral parlor with her dad, Dan Aykroyd. Uh, Weird just kind of comes with the territory when you've got all that working for you. And Veda seems kind of like a lonely girl. She has a best friend named Thomas J. Oh. I can I can do this, guys. I can do this. Uh, she's got a grandma who's going through dementia and a dad that is loving but distant. And we quickly kind of find out that Veda has experienced the loss of her mother far younger than any could, kid should have to. We later find out in the movie that her mother died at childbirth, so in childbirth. So she never actually met her mother, um, but now she walks around with this fear that she was the one that killed her, which is really sad. And and of course, there's conflict. It comes within the first few minutes. Uh, it's but there's no villain in this one again. There's death and grief and understanding and acceptance. That's the conflict. Veda is a kid who is kind of both experienced loss and lives in the middle of it at the same time, which is an interesting 
environment for a kid, a funeral parlor, the fact that they live in the funeral parlor, um, does that happen much anymore? I don't know. I, I would maybe assume in some small towns when the funeral parlor is actually in a house, but that'd have to be hard. So she's kind of wise beyond her years, but she's still also very innocent and she's asked to deal with the emotions far beyond what she is equipped. So that's kind of the conflict, death and, and bees. Bees are the conflict too. We're going to keep going. The rest of the exposition is, is character development. Veda is the leader. Thomas J is the follower. He's forgiving and fascinated with his best friend and highly allergic to everything. He is he is totes adorable. I mean, the kid is cute. When he was little, he was very, very cute. Uh, Harry, Veda's dad, is kind of good at his job. He's compassionate and sincere in serving his community, and he, he takes that responsibility very seriously. He wants um, people to be respected after death, and, and that's really noble, I think. Uh, but he's kind of lost as a parent. He doesn't really understand his daughter, uh, doesn't I don't even know if he knows she needs help at that point. Um, and then we have Shelly, who is, uh, she applies for the job of like the makeup artist at the beauty parlor. So she helps prepare the body. And she's also a bit of a receptionist as well. Um, she's kind of the wake up call the Sultan Fuss family needs, the person willing to ask questions and force conversation, even if it's uncomfortable. And then, of course, we have Mr. Bixler, the English teacher. Uh, he doesn't play a huge role, except that maybe he is, um, well, he's definitely the object of Veda's affections, but kind of misplaced affections in a way. Uh, so that's our exposition and conflict. Rising action. Again, there is no villain in this movie. Um so the rising action is watching Veda and Thomas J's relationship grow and change throughout the summer. I mean, they're two kids being kids, living life. <sighs> they're so cute. <laughs> they go fishing, and we see Veda worry. She worries about killing the fish. Tom, um, she, she's immediately like, Thomas J, we have to put it back, put it back. Um, and then we see Thomas J knowing when not to let her know when the fish doesn't make it. So he obviously recognizes immediately um, or has learned through the years being her friend that she she doesn't deal well with death, understandably so. We see them becoming blood brothers, steal, sealing their friendship uh, and bond in blood. And I believe it's in that same scene when she accidentally um, stat, you know, nicks her finger on the fish hook and then they cut Thomas J's finger a little and they... They put their bloody fingers together. They find um, a picture of Veda's mom, and they talk about heaven and their afterlife and what they think that's like. Veda continues every day. This is kind of the fascinating thing to me, mostly because my mind imme immediately goes to insurance. <laughs> now, insurance must have been different in the 90s. So just about every day, or at least a couple times a week, Veda goes to her family doctor. Again, she is a hypochondriac. She reads the... Um, the reports of the the deceased that come into the funeral parlor, and then she kind of convinces herself that she has whatever they have. Uh, again, not dealing well with coping well with this death business. So she ends up at the doctor's office a lot, and they just kind of come to expect that she does not have an appointment, it doesn't seem. And they always make time for her, though, which is really sweet. But I'm like, who is getting billed for that? How is this working? Are they just doing this out of the kindness of their heart? Uh, but we also, you know see Thomas J kind of going along with it almost as if he knows she kind of needs that. At one point, um, the nurse or kind of nurse less receptionist at the doctor's office is sitting there with Thomas J and she asks him why she thinks 
why he thinks Veda visits all the time. And John, Thomas J. just kind of matter-of-factly states that he thinks she says she's dying because she's scared of all the dead people living in her house. I mean, he's observant and he's thoughtful. And, you know, I almost turned the movie off at that point because I just can't with the end. And, and I love seeing him be just a really good friend to her. And then Veda runs away from home at one point um, because Shelly and Harry, so Shelly, the beauty parlor... Uh, not beauty parlor, it's not a beauty parlor, the makeup artist at the funeral house and um, Harry, they become closer and they start to date and she doesn't deal with that very well. Apparently it hasn't happened often, if ever. Um, So she runs away from home trying to get her father's attention, but that fails miserably. Then she gets her period, totally thinks she's hemorrhaging for a hot second, Uh, but Shelly is there to explain what's going on, which leads to Veda banning Thomas J from the premises for five to seven days. I thought that was funny. Thomas J and Veda, they share a kiss at one point, which they promptly follow up with the Pledge of Allegiance, because I think that's what you should do after all first kisses that feel a little awkward. Just immediately go um, into the pledge. It's a good way to break the tension. And then Thomas J asks if she'll consider marrying him if things don't work out between her and the English teacher. So all that's going on. And again, at the same time, we see Harry and Shelley kind of growing closer. Veda's dad starts to open up after years mourning his late wife who passed because of complications at childbirth. And the family is changing and growing. There's also, I don't believe he lives with them, but he must live close because he's there all the time. Harry's brother, so Veda's uncle, is often at the house. Uh, He refers to himself as a ladies man, but that relationship that Harry has with him is just pretty spectacular, but also the relationship that you see Veda has with her uncle, that he seems to have been there um, her entire life, and she's close to him and can talk to him, especially at times when she can't talk to her dad. And he kind of helps her through some of that, like telling her that his dad has been lonely and that this is good for him. Um, it's it's really sweet. I really like that relationship as well. And of course, in My Girl too, we get to see that even a little more because Veda goes to visit him in L.A., I think it is. Um, so, But in no time at all, Harry proposes to Shelley. I mean, it has to be a matter of weeks, even if that, because this is over the course of a summer. School hasn't started yet. So, okay, we're going to say a matter of days, a matter of days, they get, they get engaged. Um, and of course, Shelly and Veda, they, Shelly is ecstatic. She loves Veda, but Veda doesn't quite know how to deal with the evolving family structure well. So, um, we're just going to end there. Veda and Thomas J live happily ever after the end. Um, no. <laughs> okay. So the climax of the movie, um, After the kiss with Veda, Thomas J goes back into the woods alone. So at one point in the movie, they discover a beehive. um, And as they're kind of, they're playing with it and hitting it, and Veda's telling him, don't do that, don't do that. And in the process of that activity, she loses a mood ring. Um, And at the end of the scene, they end up having to run and jump into the lake to get the bees away from them. Um, But after, after the kiss, Thomas J goes back into the woods alone he wants to find the mood ring for her Uh, but he goes and kicks the beehive again even though it's on the ground and um, the little boy that is allergic to everything kicks the wrong nest so veda just devastated by the loss runs immediately to her doctor's office out of breath and scared her chest hurting it hurts the bees they hurt it's a heartbreaking scene i'm gonna cry (laughs) it's a heartbreaking scene uh 
the way she kind of, you see her throughout the movie kind of take on all of those emotions and all of that pain. Um, she kind of empathizes too much with it. Um, and so she kind of, after she gets home, locks herself in, in her bedroom and just doesn't come out. And it's the day of the funeral. And I don't really want to talk about it because Thomas J lost his glasses. Um, so she, she comes downstairs, uh, and it's, it, she's in shock. She, and she sees him and it's her friend and he, he just is laying there peacefully in the casket and her, his parents are crying and the things she just, just, she just can't, she can't handle it. And she, he didn't have his glasses on and she's like, where's his glasses? And, um, Shelly kind of comes to get her, Shelly and Harry try to come to get her cause she has interrupted the funeral. Of course, nobody in the funeral parlor cares. They understand what's happening and she runs away. Uh, and she runs directly to Mr. Bixler's house and, um, confesses her love for him. And, in her head, she's also hearing at the same time Thomas J. say, you know, if it doesn't work out with Mr. Bixler, will you marry me? And he does the best he can in the situation, which is incredibly awkward. Uh, it turns out that he has a fiancé who comes out at that moment. Um, and then Veda escapes that situation where she, and she runs to the tree where she used to hang out with Thomas J. And she starts to kind of think you know, think about their friendship, some of the conversations they had. Um, the town is going crazy because they don't know where Veda is at. Shelley and Harry are beside themselves, worried, but she, she finally comes home and we get, oh, that's over. Okay. <laughs> it's really sad. It makes me sad every time. I don't watch this movie often because it always makes me cry. And I cried hard this time, but we come to the falling action in the conclusion. Veda gets home, has a really good conversation with Shelley, mends some of the bridges she burned, frustrated about the wedding. Um, and you can see that, you know, that it's going to be all right between them. And then her and Harry finally have a heart to heart about what happened to her mom, that sometimes things happen for no good reason. They happen and they hurt, but the memories are good. Um, so as she actually asks him about her mother, and I don't know if that had ever happened before, and they talk a little bit. And Veda continues to love and miss Thomas J, but she also continues to grow and smile and live with him in her heart. And, oh, jeez, this movie. The, the end. <laughs> Life lessons. Um, death sucks. There's just no getting around that. And grief is hard. But I think, I think the lesson is not to keep your feelings bottled up inside. Find someone you trust and talk to them. Give yourself the space to feel all the feelings, but don't forget to be honest with yourself and others about those feelings. Ugh, so heavy for a, a kid's movie, you know? Um, I think another lesson is that kids are resilient and thoughtful and intelligent. We saw it in Stand By Me as well, that they, they think about big things and they talk about big things and they wonder about big things without apology or insecurity at that time in their life. And I think that is absolutely beautiful. And I think it's sad that somewhere along the way, a lot of kids and individuals and humans, we lose that ability to do that because it feels shameful or it's just uncomfortable or others aren't talking about it. So maybe I shouldn't be talking about it. Um, so in that way, I think that kids, they're a lot wiser than adults often are. And I think they can handle the big conversations. Um, and it's better to talk about them than to keep them bottled up inside. So the final wrap up. Character recasting, don't touch it. Don't touch it. <laughs> Anna Chlumsky was so good. I think her performance really surprised me. It's very, um, 
heavy for a little kid to have to carry that, those kind of emotions and those kind of conversations. And both of them do it so well. It, it never feels forced. It does feel like real conversations. And I really like Shelly and Harry, Dan Aykroyd, and um, I've completely forgot her name. Hold on. Jamie Lee Curtis. Duh. Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> I had to just ask Siri with my phone across the room. I don't know how I forgot her name. Um, I, I, I just think they were really, really good. They brought just the right level of um, adulthood and emotion into their their roles as well. Really liked it. Does this or did this need a sequel? I'm not sure it did, but I'm glad we li I liked the second one. I thought it was good. You get to see in the second one, Veda really explore mo more about who her mom was. You see her grow. And um, so in that sense, I think it was good. It was a bit of a return and not a sequel. Rewatchability. Oh, it's very rewatchable if you're emotionally prepared. And so what do you think of My Girl? Is it one of your favorites? Does it make you cry? I mean, I have seen, I probably 20, 25 times and I cry hard every single time. Is that you? Or do you have um, a better handle on your emotions? I can also cry at the drop of a hat. I cry at Hallmark commercials. I cry at anything when a soldier returns home or if there's an underdog um, there's also this horrible human being, even though he's absolutely beautiful on, uh, good morning, not good morning America, Sunday morning show on CBS. His name is Steve Hartman. He comes up with these, these heartfelt community stories that, um, I just want to send him hate letters because I cry hard, every, hard every t single time I'm crying at least once a day. Uh, so that's just who I am. But does this movie make you cry? I hope so. If not, we need to talk and you need to give me some of your strength. But that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening, really. It is so appreciated. If you haven't already, I hope you subscribe so we can keep going on this journey together. And if you've got the time, it would be awesome if you could rate and review, but only if it's nice. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at at GnomeGirlM and on Facebook as A Bit of Fun with Emily. Hey, go have yourself a bit of fun today and I will see you next time.